0: This is the Encounter Community Church podcast, where we will take one or two nuggets from Sunday's message and look at how we can take, utilize, and apply it to our lives. Welcome back to the Encounter Community Church podcast. Again, my name is Ken Ballard Jr. I am the pastor here at Encounter Community Church. And as I am speaking right now, it is Oscar night. It's Oscar night. Do you have any favorite movies that you are hoping to win? I know that I'm looking forward to just seeing what some of the results uh, will be. There are some people, honestly, that I'm, I'm pulling for to win an Oscar. My family, we actually watched Harriet uh, last night, which is uh, nominated for Best Actress. I think her name is Cynthia Arrivo. Uh, hopefully I didn't brutalize her name uh, pretty badly, but she's actually nominated for Best Actress, which is is really great. I I, I have to say that I did love this movie, and I really did love her performance. Actually, I, I would say that, and maybe I'm a little bit partial, because I was watching it with my daughters, and here is an example of a woman who is strong, who is passionate, who is committed, who is... A leader who, I mean, and not only that, uh, this movie did a really great job of uh, showing us and giving us an idea of what the faith of Harriet Tubman, uh, what it might have been. But just just absolute beautiful movie, and I'm glad my daughters had a chance to see it. I'm really hoping that maybe some aspect of the movie will influence them to really stand up and be the incredible women that God has created them to be. So if you have daughters that are old enough, my youngest is 11, and and she watched it. Uh, So if you have kids that are old enough to watch, especially daughters, I, I highly recommend this movie. And just to know that this is someone who really existed in history and was responsible for setting so many slaves free, along with finding freedom herself, and just passionately being driven by that, and having the commitment that no obstacle, no obst- obstacle is going to stand in my way to stop me from doing what I need to do to see people set freed. And I'm a- I am interested to see, like, what are the movies that will win for Best Picture? Uh, you know, you got 1917, which I heard, is- I haven't seen it yet, but, you know, I talked to a friend yesterday, and he was saying that this movie is just knocked down, drag out Awesome. I've heard some really great things about Ford versus Ferrari as well. Joker, I have seen, but I'm looking at some of the other movies, and uh, the interesting thing is some of them are on Netflix. So <laughs> there's a couple of them that are on there. So I might, uh, well, one's on Netflix, and I think the other is on Prime Video. So I'll, I'll check out and, and maybe I'll see see them. But it's just interesting as you go back and you just begin to look at these movies and what's going on. And this is the time of the year where we're thinking about, you know, Oscar performances and Oscar-winning performances and Oscar-winning movies and screenplays and songs and all of those other elements. Again, as we're talking about this whole idea of change, because that's what we've, we've really been looking at. We've been talking about change. And, you know, the reason why I love the idea of the Oscars, the reason why I love the idea of thinking about them is because when you make this commitment to play this character or play this role and put yourself in this space, you really do become someone different. And I wonder if some element of the same mental space that you have to put yourself in to become a different character, I wonder if there are some of those tools that may cross over when it comes to seeing change happen and you become a different person. Not like playing a different role, but becoming a different person. Because that really is what it's all about, right? Is become a different person, to grow, to develop, to uh, become, again, the kind of person that God called and created you to be. There's something beautiful about that. So I wonder if there's some elements that kind of cross over between both. You know, I I think I might explore that in in some time. And and maybe, who knows, maybe that might become a sermon series for me. (laughs) Because I love things like that where I can look at and just pull creative elements and actually turn it into a sermon series. So who knows? Maybe it might be a sermon series that we can look at how to take some of these elements of being a great actor and then pull them into becoming a great person and not necessarily, again, living out a role, but in the process of transformation. Because literally, isn't it what an actor does? Is an actor goes to a point where you are able to transform yourself into someone else. And the better you are at transforming yourself into someone else, you will get nominated, right? You'll get a Golden Globe. You'll get the Oscar. You will see this transformation into this other person. And maybe there are. Maybe there are some elements that cross this over into both. And, and with that, the idea of transformation, how, how are you doing? How are you doing with your resolutions and your changes and the goals that you've wanted to make for this year? I'll be honest, you know, for me, I've seen some growth happen. I am excited about that growth. I'm not exactly where I'd like to be. It's interesting because I feel like one of the things i made a commitment to do is read more, and I have been doing that. But then what happens is I start to read more, but I don't exercise as much as i like to. But then I start to exercise, and then I don't read as much as <laughs> i like to. So if I could just be able to put all of those changes together, that would be awesome. But I, I do see some growth happening, uh, and I'm excited about that. But again, I, I'm not where I would like to be. And, and I just want to let you know, like, if you're listening to this and you've had your resolutions and you made a commitment to change, and it's fallen apart for you. My thought to that is just welcome to humanity. You're not outside the norm. And so with this, there's no judgment of you at all. But if you're listening to this, I, I just want to leave you with this encouragement. Get back up in the saddle. Make the commitment, make the change, and continue to press forward. And I'm glad that you're listening tonight or this morning or this after, whatever time it is. I'm just happen to, I happen to be recording at night looking into a semi-dark room just because I like a certain atmosphere when I'm recording. But I digress. <laughs> but if you are listening to this and you are in the midst of just your struggle, hey, again, we are all there. Let's get back on this together and let's continue to press forward together. But I will say this is a perfect podcast for you to listen to as we're talking about change and growth and how to be able to see change happen in our life. But before I get to all of that, let me let me step back for a second, because what we've been doing for this series is called 2020 from vision to reality. And what we've been doing is we have been looking at how to see the change that we wanna see happen in our lives become reality. That's what we've been walking through. And it's been motivated by a book that I've read called Atomic Habits by James Clear, where he just talks about change and how to see change happen in your life. And one of the things I love about this book is that it is so stinking practical, very, very practical. Again, not a Christian book, but there's some great principles that are there. And as you read through them, I even see some spiritual principles that we could take and utilize that crosses over from some of the principles that are talked about uh, in this book. But with that in mind, one of the things he talks about is if you want to see change change happen in your life, you need to understand how habits are formed. And so he talks about four-step process in how a habit is formed. And if you've been listening to the podcast for the last few weeks, you've already heard me say this, so I will go over this as quickly as possible. I would encourage you, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, go back and listen to previous podcasts where we began to look at this series from 2020, from vision to reality. Go back and listen to the last few episodes because we go into these things in more detail as well. But the first element is cue. Q is your your trigger. There's something that grabs your attention in some way, form, or fashion. Then usually what happens is that will trigger a craving or a desire, a desire. And that's actually the second step, which is craving. You get this desire, there's something that you wanna you wanna meet. There's there's something in you that you desire to to satisfy or desire to fulfill. And so that leads you to the next step, which is response. It's the action that you take or the thought processes that you take, processes or process that you take in order to satisfy whatever it is that you're going for. And then the final step is the reward, it's what you get. It's the fulfillment, it's the ah, factor that you get from doing whatever it is that you've done. So there's the cue, the craving, the response, the reward. So when you begin to understand that, then what he does is he lays down uh, four laws of change to see it happen in your life. So if you want to see change happen, uh, the first law connected to Q is to make it obvious. Make the good thing that you want to do obvious, where it stands out, it grabs your attention. And if you want to change from a bad habit, then make the bad habit invisible, where you remove it from your environment The more that you remove the bad habit from your environment, the cue for the bad habit for your environment, the less likely you are to do it. And then with craving for the good habit is make it attractive, make it desirable. And then with craving for a bad habit is make it unattractive. Now, again, one of the things I talked about is how in the Bible, the Bible never tells you to stop. But what the Bible tells you to do is when it comes to a bad habit is to replace the bad habit with a good habit. So what happens is by doing so, you begin to see how attractive the good habit is, and the more that you become entrenched into the good habit, the more you'll recognize how unattractive the bad habit is. But rather than trying to stop, God says, replace, 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 replace. And then that brings us to the third law, which is response, and that is make it easy. Make the good habit that you want to do, make it as easy as possible for you to begin to practice it and do it and make it in your life. And then the bad habit that you want to get rid of, make it as difficult, borderline impossible for you to do because our mind is designed in such a way where it will take the path of least resistance. It will take the path of least resistance. And so if the path of least resistance is a healthy path, then that's what we'll take. Unfortunately, if it's unhealthy path, and usually, we've developed certain habits in our lives, and now when the bad habit has become a habit, the pathway to get to that is very easy. So what you have to do is start to put some blockers in your way that will hinder you from being able to choose the bad habit, and then you'll be more likely to choose the good habit. So that's the reward. And then finally is the response. And with the response, what he says is to make it uh, satisfying. Uh, I'm sorry, not the response. With the reward is to make it satisfying when you get your ah, factor. Is to make it satisfying. Like wow, it feels really good when I do this, or because I have done this. And then what you do is with your bad habit is to make it unsatisfying. And again, one of the ways that you can make it unsatisfying is to see it in the reality of what it really costs you. And when you realize what it really costs you. The point of it being unsatisfying is that you realize it's not worth it for me to do. So those are the ideas of the foundation that he lays. And so what we've been doing over the course of these last few weeks is we've been hitting each law. So two weeks ago, we hit the Q law, which was to make it obvious or to make it invisible. Last week, we talked about the craving. We had Stan here and we kind of bounced some ideas around, but to make it attractive or to make the bad habit unattractive. And today, what the focus is going to be is to make it easy. And so really, uh, that was the main point, actually, of the message today was simply this, is that to see change happen in your life, make the bad habit hard and the new habit easy. Make the bad habit hard and the new habit easy. I remember when I was a kid, I read a passage, and it just kind of messed me up. (laughs) And I'll read that passage to you. It says, so... If your eye, even your good eye, causes you to lust, gouge it out, and throw it away. Now, the reason why that is so significant, for those of you who may, have, may not have met me, and if you haven't met me and you're listening to this podcast, thank you so much for listening to this podcast and taking the time out to do that. But with that, if you've met me, one of the things that you'll know is I only have one good eye. Like, literally, like my left eye um, I can see about twenty, thirty from it. My right eye is twenty one hundred. Like when you go to the to the optometrist to look at the eye chart, you know the big E, the big black E. That's the only thing that I can see from my right eye. I can't read any. Like, I can't read anything else. That's the only thing I can. See. So I only have one good eye. So when I read this passage, it says, "But if your eye." Your Even your good eye, <laughs> like, oh, man, um, it, it really was a challenge in that way. But it also goes on to say, uh, it is better for you to lose one part of your body than your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your hand, even your stronger hand, causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. So when I when I saw this as a kid, I thought, Oh man, is that like is that literal? Is that literal? Like when we walk around and see a bunch of people with eye eyeballs plucked out, hands cut off, feet cut off, you know, and you look at them and think, Man, is that a zombie? Nah, that's just Bill. <laughs> Bill messed up his life, so uh, that's the way he handled it. Is he cut off his arm and his leg and plucked out his eye but yeah that's just that's just bill he's trying to be a good guy (laughs) that would be like weird right so i always wonder like what is jesus really saying here and then when i read this chapter it made sense to me and literally here's what jesus is saying is if you have an area of struggle you have an area of sin in your life that you would like to change he says this he's basically saying Make it as hard and as difficult for you to do as possible. Now, it may mean that you might have to make some sacrifices, that you might have to give some things up, but to make it as difficult to do as possible. So some examples of that. It could be that maybe you're trying to change your eating habits, right? One of the things that you could do to make eating poorly impossible is to make a commitment to not bring poor eating items into your house. Bring into your house things that have less sugar, less carbs, or, you know, whatever change that you want to make with your eating habits. And then what you do is you begin to eliminate the bad stuff out of the house, and you begin to, I guess, escalate or bring in some of the good things into your house, bringing in more fruits, more vegetables, however it is that you want to eat. So it's just as simple as that. Make eating poorly as difficult for you to do as possible. And then make eating healthily as easy for you to do as possible. Very simple, right? Very simple thing to do. Uh, Another example is if you have a gambling problem, then maybe what you could do is you can contact the local casinos around you and you can just put yourself, hey, I'm gonna put myself on a banned list. So if I come in and I try to gamble, I'm banned. Like I'm banning myself, I'm, putting, I'm asking you to put me on the banned list. And then maybe what you could do is get a friend so that to help you with gambling is maybe what you could do is get a friend and you could block all gambling websites and you know, put a website blocker on your computer, on your phone, whatever, wherever it is that you would have a problem and just block them all. And then what you do is you eliminate access to that. An example that, that he talks about in the book, he talks about the Arthur, Arthur Victor Hugo, that Victor Hugo was given a deadline by his publisher on when a book should be done. And so the, the publisher gave him a deadline, but Victor Hugo's having fun, he's hanging out with his friends, he's going out. You know, I'm not sure what they would do back in the 1830s for fun, but that's what he was doing. <laughs> he was having a good old time with his friends. But then his publisher set a hard deadline His publisher said, look, February 1831, I want a book. I want this done. So here's what Victor Hugo did. Is Victor Hugo said, okay, he took all of his clothes, he gave them to his assistant, and only left himself with a shawl. So then he didn't have any clothes to go out and hang out with his friends. So what did he do? He wrote. (laughs) And the result of that is ultimately he finished writing The Hunchback of Notre Dame, Actually, I think he actually finished it on January 14th. He finished it two weeks before his hard deadline. Amazing. James Clear, when he was writing his book, one of the things he talked about that he did was he had a friend, or he, no, he had his assistant. So what he did with his assistant is he said, look, I know how attractive social media is and how I can get lost in social media. So here's what I want you to do is on Mondays, I want you to log me out of all of my social media and change my passwords and change my passwords so that way during the week, I have no access to social media at all. Then on Friday, what you could do is send me an email and email me with all of the passwords for my social media. Then he would have it for the weekend, Monday would come, she'd sign him off, change the passwords again so That was a process that he did in order for him to be able to write this book. So so go back and look at your life and ask yourself, with the bad habits that you have in your life, what are some things that you could do to make the bad habits impossible, to make it, again, as difficult and as hard for you to do as possible? That will make a big difference for you in your life to be able to see change happen. To to see change happen is make it hard. See, I I think one of the things that we have a tendency to do is we have a tendency to flip the script. And and here's what I mean by that is we have a tendency to look at the good habit that we want to do And in a minute, we're going to talk about a couple things that we can do to make it really easy for us to practice good habits. But we have a tendency to make our habits, our good habits that we want to do, they are so hard for us to do. Yet the bad habit that we like to do is so easy for us to do. So we do the bad, we do the good habit, we try get good habit, we try get good habit, but then it begins to get too hard. So then what do we do? We lean back and we start going to the bad habit once again because it was so easy for us to do. So make it impossible. Another example, maybe you are someone who has a difficult time turning off the TV at night and going to bed. Or maybe you are scrolling on media, social media, scrolling, scrolling, scrolling at night, and you know there's a part of you that says, I should be going to bed, 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 be going to bed. and the next thing you know, two o'clock, two thirty, three o'clock, you're going to bed and you have to get up at six, <laughs> right? Some of us go through that. So. Here's an idea that we could do and he talks actually talks about this in book go to amazon.com order you a uh, timer that you could just plug into your wall and plug the outlet into it now put the outlet put it put the outlet into a place where it's behind something where it's difficult for you to get to where it's not worth it for you to get to and then set the, and set the timer plug it in so let's say for example, You say, hey, I'm gonna set the timer for 11 o'clock at night. At 11 o'clock at night, the TV shuts down, my internet shuts down, so I don't have anything to do but to go to bed. So you do that, and boom, now you've made it difficult for you. You've made it impossible for you to continue on. And it's easier to go to bed than it is to go through the habit of having to go behind the counter, pull out the cabinet. I'm, um, you know, plug this, unplug that, plug this, switch that, that. It's, it's, it's not worth it for me. I'm just going to go to bed. Another example: if you're someone who plays video games, Xbox, PlayStation 4, and you do that a little bit too much, then maybe one of the things that you could do is maybe play for a little bit. Then when you're undone, I mean, when you're done completely, unplug the entire thing, unplug it, and put it in the closet. Unplug it and put it in the closet. Because then what you have to do is you have to go through the hassle of setting up once again. So what you do is you're just taking another step to make it as difficult as possible. Right? Very practical, isn't that? Like, I'm shaking my head right now (laughs) to myself to say, yeah, that's really practical. So look at the change that you want to make. Look at the bad habit that you want to break. Maybe you want to try to quit smoking. Right? That's another example. That's one of the things that we make a commitment to do try to do it this way. Only carry enough cash to be just enough, but not enough to buy a cigarette. And then what you do, are buy cigarettes, and then what you do is leave your credit card and your debit card at home. And so when you leave for the day, you put yourself in a position to where if you're craving, you don't have enough to buy cigarettes, but maybe you have enough to buy a pack of gum. <laughs> you know, and I will chew on that. But again, what it does is it puts you in this place where you are making the bad. Now, if you're going to do that, or you're making the bad habit impossible, but now if you're going to do that, you can't go bumming cigarettes because you defeated the whole purpose if you do that. You can't go bumming cigarettes. But even then, even if you did, it's still not the same as going out and buying a whole pack, is it? So you, you you've helped yourself uh, in that way. And then when you get home, you're going to have the cravings then, so maybe what you do is give somebody else the keys so you can't go out and buy, you know, give your wife the keys and tell your wife to hide them or give your husband the keys and tell your husband to hide them, but put yourself in a place where it is impossible for you to do the task. It's impossible for you to smoke. So those are some examples of, that you can do that are really practical in being able to see change happen in your life. So make it as difficult for you to do as possible. So that would be the first nugget. Make it difficult. The second nugget would be make it easy. Make the good habit that you want to do, make it as easy as possible. And I saw some, there's some really excellent aspects of advice uh, that are in the book that I thought are really great. But one of the things you could do is just prime your environment. Prime your environment to make the change that you want to make as easy as possible. We talked about priming your environment, right, to eliminate the cue and bring the healthy cue in, to eliminate the cue for the bad thing and, um, and to make the cue that you want obvious for the good thing that you want to do. You could also prime the environment for the change that you want to make. So let's say, for example, again, you want to begin reading your Bible. So one of the things that you could do is, like a, you know, the example that I gave before, is put your Bible right next to your coffee cup. So in the morning... When you get together, when you get ready to have your coffee in the morning, you grab your cup of coffee, your Bible's right there, open it up and read it. Uh, if you're not a coffee drinker, if you're a tea drinker, same thing. If you're not a tea drinker, but you are a breakfast eater, <laughs> then go through, grab whatever it is you're going to eat for breakfast, put your Bible right there wherever you eat breakfast and boom, it's right there. Open it, read it, read a verse or two, a chapter or two, however long you want to read, read But make it as easy as possible for you to do. If you decide that you want to exercise more, then maybe what you could do is have your workout clothes readily available. Uh, So maybe, for example, you know, you get home, your workout clothes are right in the living room, right when you get there. So you walk in, you grab your workout clothes, you go in the bathroom, you change your clothes, and then boom, you go work out. So make it, again, as easy as possible for you to do. Maybe you want to change your eating habits, right? Uh, One of the things that sometimes is really difficult about changing your eating habits is, for example, as far as just, you know, the serving sizes. Maybe you eat too much, and so you want to cut down on your serving sizes. So maybe what you could do is when you go out, you buy that bag of chips rather than just opening a bag and sticking your hand in, (laughs) you know, and starting to grub, which I have been guilty of doing. (laughs) But maybe what you could do is this. Is take that bag and break it down, grab some Ziploc bags, find out what the serving sizes are, and then put Ziploc bags of chips in your pantry. So then when you go, rather than you grabbing a big bag, you just grab one of the Ziploc bags and boom, you have a serving size. But the thing is, you can't keep going back to the pantry, (laughs) right? But you could also do that with, with fruit. Maybe what you could do is when you go out, You buy Because sometimes what we do is we don't eat fruit or we don't eat vegetables because I have to chop it, I have to get it ready. So what if when you came home from the store, you're already putting your groceries away anyway. So what if you just took a little bit of extra time, you chop up your vegetables, you put them in containers, you put those containers in the refrigerator, which means you might have to go out and invest in a little bit more Tupperware. But you put them in a container and then what happens is you open a refrigerator, boom, you grab a container and you have a snack size, you know, a snack sized vegetables, a snack sized fruit, right there that you can chew, that you can eat, and boom, it's easy for you to do. Boom, you can grab one for work, you can grab it for lunch, it's already set, it's already ready to go. So the idea is you're just trying to do the best that you can to make it as easy as possible for you to do. So begin to look at that. Like, take the change that you wanna make, because here's the thing, here's the reason why we also don't change. Like, when we start to look at resolutions, And we start to ask the question, why don't resolutions work? I think one of the reasons why resolutions don't work is because we make the change too big. We make the change too big. If you haven't read your Bible in 15 years to say, I'm going to read the Bible every day from cover to cover, (laughs) it's just not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. But maybe what you could do is scale it back and make it as easy as possible. Scale it back. Begin to look at all of your elements of changes that you want to make and begin to scale them down to make them as easy as possible. In the book, James Clear talks about what he calls a two-minute rule. And basically what the two-minute rule is this, is is scale your good habit that you want to change back to something that you could do in two minutes, something you could do in two minutes and for two minutes. As soon as that two minutes is done, boom, stop. Two minutes. Two-minute rule. So you want to start running. Take your running shoes out and just put them on. Probably takes you two minutes to do that. Put one on, put the other on, tie them, tie them. Maybe stand up, walk around the house. It's two minutes. So it's two minutes is done. Boom. Sit down, take them off. But do that. Because here's what you're trying to do is you're trying to start repetition. You're trying to start practice. Because that's the thing that you want to do is the more that you practice the good thing, the easier it becomes to do. So, and by scaling it back, it becomes very easy. So maybe you want to start doing yoga. Instead of doing yoga for 30 minutes, it might be, hey, two minutes, I'm going to take the yoga mat out, lay on it, and then, <laughs> then put it away. You want to start reading. Instead of reading a chapter a night, start at whatever you can read for two minutes, a page, a page and a half. But But do that. So scale it back and make it as easy as possible. The reason why our resolutions don't work is because we make them too big. It becomes too impossible. And because it's too big, because it's too impossible, we finally, we, we say ourselves, man, I'm, I'm, I'm just not reaching it. I'm just not doing it. So we give up on it. Well, you might be thinking, well, Ken, that just seems too small. But James Clear makes a point in this book that I really love. And he says this, and I wanted to read this to you. The idea is to make your habit as easy as possible to start. Anyone can meditate for one minute read one page, or put one item of clothing away. This is a powerful strategy because once you started doing the right thing, it's much easier to continue doing it. A new habit should not feel like a challenge. A new habit should not feel like a challenge. So he breaks it down. Let's say, for example, you want to change and you you want to become a vegetarian. But you're thinking, man, can I give up meat? Ooh, I don't know if I could do that. <laughs> but there's a pirate that says, hey, you know what? A plant-based diet is healthy. I just don't know if I'm there yet. So maybe here's what you do is you start off by just saying, you know what? I'm going to cut meat out of one meal a day. Just cut meat out of one meal a day. I'm just going to start there. Boom, right? Very easy for you to do. Meat, one meal a day. And then what you do is start small because that's what we're trying to encourage you to do is start small and build momentum and build momentum. So you start it off, make it as easy as possible. You can miss meat for one one meal. Once you're starting to do that, and then maybe you increase it to two meals, and then maybe you get to a point is I'm just going to cut eating four-legged animals. I'm just going to cut four-legged animals, so that means pork, beef, lamb, like those kind of things. I'm gonna cut four legged animals out of my out of my diet. So you start there, kind of build there, boom, you do that, and then you start to build momentum in that way. So then finally maybe you say, you know what, I'm gonna cut out two legged animals. So that means chicken. Like you're gonna cut chicken out. Maybe chicken, duck, those kind of things, animals with two legs. So then you cut those out. And then finally you get to a point where you're doing well with that and you say, oh okay, so you know what I'm gonna do? Now I'm gonna cut out animals with no legs. So that means seafood, right? Fish and those kind of things. So you eliminate that. So you've gone through this process where you slowly eliminate it, slowly eliminate it, slowly eliminate it, slowly eliminate it, it, and then, boom, I'm a vegetarian. You're not stopping all at once. You're not stopping all at once. You're taking the step and you're processing it. And you're doing it in a way that seems manageable and it seems reachable. So again, the mistake that we make with our resolutions is we go big, and we say, go big or go home. So boom, we go big, and then guess what? We go home, (laughs) right? So with that in mind, what I wanna encourage you to do is just look at it. How can I scale it back to the easiest, most minimalist element of this change? And I love the idea of the two-minute rule, the idea of the two-minute rule is just to begin to build momentum, build momentum, build momentum. And here's the beauty of this, is a few weeks ago, when we, before we launched into the rules, we talked about this idea of your who. Like, who are you? Find your who, that that may be your motivation for change. Well, what happens is now that you are starting to do these small tasks and building, what it does is it reinforces your who. So you begin to feel good about yourself and about your changes that you're making. So start small and build momentum. Start small and build momentum. The old adage is true, right? Rome wasn't built in a day. So start small and build from there. I really do hope that this is an encouragement to you. I, I think for me this has been really groundbreaking in a sense of understanding like, wow, that is so true. I, I I will tell you now, like every resolution that I've had that I have that have failed and they basically up until this point have almost all have until this year after reading this book, most of them are because I just started too big. And so what happens is we get caught up in just the big change that we want to make. I, I love this element, too, that, that another quote from James Clear, he says, we rarely think about change this way because everyone is consumed by the end goal. But one push-up is better than not exercising. One minute of guitar practice is better than none at all. One minute of reading is better than never picking up a book. It is better to do less than you hoped for than to do nothing at all. And isn't that so right on? Even I was thinking about reading to make that easier. Put a book on your pillow. When you go to bed, it's there. Pick it up, read it, go to bed. And cool thing, read it for two minutes. (laughs) Go to bed and build momentum and build it from there. And watch what God will do. You know, the other example I gave today was like reading the Bible. If you want to start reading the Bible, go out and buy a Bible And then what you do is put the Bible on your table or you can get a Bible app, right? Those are available. The one that we use for our church is the YouVersion Bible app. Again, not paid by that, but it's just a great tool uh, that we use. Matter of fact, you know, with that, you can actually go on each week and you can see the sermons that we're going to talk about. You can even pull some of the notes uh, for what we talk about. And you can use those for uh, the podcast to see, oh, this is where that came from. This is that passage, that kind of thing. Uh, You can use it for that. But go out, buy a Bible version, boom, pick it up. And then what you do is just open it. Just open it. Don't, don't start reading it. Just open it. Just build the habit of opening it each day. And then eventually what will happen is mentally you'll go, well, I'm opening. I might as well read something. So then read a verse. Not so much. Just a verse. Read a verse. Read a verse. Well, you might be saying, well, Ken, that's not a lot. Exactly. That's the whole point. <laughs> and it's very doable. Anyone can read one verse a day. Just one verse. Matter of fact, with the you version of the Bible, it gives you a verse of the day. So you can even start with that. But read a verse, and then maybe once you get in momentum for that, then, hey, you know what, I'll I'll go ahead and try to read a chapter. And then you build momentum from that, and then, hey, you know what I'll do? Is I'll start a reading plan. But see how it's kind of built from there? So the idea is to try to make it as easy as possible for you to do. Well, again, I, I just hope that this has been an encouragement to you. Thank you so much for taking the time To listen and to be a part of the podcast. One of the things I would love to ask you to do for us is to rate and review because what that does is it helps other people to be able to find us. So hopefully the rating will be a five-star review. (laughs) And I'll ask you this too, like if you wouldn't give us five stars, if it's three stars or four stars or whatever rating that you would give us, if, if you would give us less than five stars, I would love to find out why. Because odds are that means that there's something that we can improve to make it better. And I would love to be able to do that. So feel free to let me know what your thoughts are so I can improve that and make that better as well. But please, rate and review. And then also, just remember that if you find yourself in North Torrance on a Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m., we'd love to have you come out and join us for one of our services. And next week for this series, we're wrapping it up. We're wrapping up the series On Make It Satisfying. Actually, Daniel, who was on the podcast before, uh, is going to be speaking this coming Sunday. So, and Daniel's a great guy to listen to. And yes, he again has one of the coolest voices in America. (laughs) And odds are Daniel's going to be on the podcast with me next week, having a conversation about some of the things that he learned as he prepared for this message next week called Make It Satisfying. Make it Satisfying as we look at the last change we want to make in our life. So, again, remember, Encounters about three things. Love up, love out, love in. Love up, being madly and passionately in love with God. Love out, let's take care of our fellow man. Let's be more loving to others that are around us more today than we were yesterday. And love in. What's one thing that you could do to take better care of yourself? So that way, you can be used by God in ways that are awesome and incredible. Well, again, thank you so much for your time and for being a part of this podcast. Take care. God bless you. And we'll talk to you next week. Thank you for taking a moment to listen to the Encounter Community Church podcast. If you're looking for a way to get more connected to our church, head over to our website at encountercommunity.church. You can see the times of our services as well as the events that are happening at our church. And you can feel free to come out and join us. Also, if you'd like to make a donation to our church, allowing us to continue to make a difference in our community, then you can head over to the page that says online giving and you can follow the link from there. Well, take care. God bless you. And we're looking forward to seeing you once again next week.